on the wrestling podcast about nothing. We're legends in our own minds, but for a change, let's talk about our run-ins with the real legends of wrestling. Let's drop some names this week. It's Working with the Stars, Name Droppers 2, and joining us is former Chaotic Wrestling owner, Jamie Jamikowski. He sure is. He's right there, waving his arms in the air, like he just don't care. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get to him in just a second, but after that, we'll have you a promo about nothing and so much more, but first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, episode 178, production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett, a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring, and uh, yeah, not joining me as always, Ring of Honor, Bouncers, Brawler Brian Malonis. It's kind of just a formality at this point, just to get that out of the way and bring in the owner and operator of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, where we sit today. He is the owner operator booker promoter of chaotic wrestling he is the firebrand brian fury the permanent guest host of the wrestling podcast about nothing high again hi and this is actually kind of becoming the uh wpan studios at this point is it not a little bit yeah it's uh, a nice facility regular stomping grounds for you it is and uh, last night speaking of chaotic wrestling the final event in woburn Massachusetts, at least for quite a while, right? Yes. How'd yes, that go? Yes. It was nice. It was it was fun. It was bittersweet. Lots of cheers for Bob, the bartender. Everybody in attendance <laughs> loved him. Um, when we arrived at the building to start setting up, he had already set up a little banner himself above the bar saying, thank you, Cadillac Wrestling and fans. That's uh, great. He was very nice. And um, he was a little, you know, you could tell he Melancholy. was... Melancholy? Yeah, he was upset to have us leave and stuff as well as we were to have to leave you know it's been about 10 years now in that building so every six weeks in uber and it's kind of weird to just not be going there anymore going forward for quite a long time so it's kind of one of those weird things in life i knew no matter what every six weeks be back in uber and it's it's weird well, let's bring in someone else who knows a little bit something about Woburn, a little bit something about Chaotic Wrestling. He is the former owner of the company, and he's a guy who's uh, been on an extended hiatus from a number of podcasts, uh, from For the Pops, from Let the Chaos Begin, Jamie Jamikowski. Hello, sir. Hello. I'm, I'm so happy to be back on the WPA, and I've got the good Brian as the <laughs> yeah. co-host. I'm very excited about this. You're able to listen. We're able to get you in here because yeah, someone else is you know. in here. So last night in Woburn, last night, yeah. was, it, was it bittersweet leaving your, your home in Woburn? <laughs> just a little bittersweet? I, I heard it was bittersweet. It, yes, it was very bittersweet. Uh, you know, a lot of fans came out and uh, they were kind of sharing a lot of their memories with us as well. You know, we put up a little Woburn wall of fame. We made one and printed out a lot of pictures from over the years and had it wow. up there and the fans were able to come out and sign it and whatnot. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was good and sad all at the same time. Did you have a favorite Woburn memory? Oh boy, it's tough. The night Mark Sherman's career ended in Woburn was a good one. <laughs> uh, you know, I had a lot, you know a lot of fun matches. To me, it's all you guys, older guys, love the PAV and Lowell. But to me, Woburn was. I think I had more 
bigger memories and and a longer tenure in Woburn than I did in the, in the PAV because I came in a little bit later. You guys had already done the PAV for numerous years before I came in, but I was there at Woburn from the very beginning. You know, to me, Woburn was more of a home to chaotic than the PAV was. I, I thought it would have been your uh, your false farewell. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that the 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 because that was a cool night. It was a great night, and the um, chaotic wrestling presidency on the line against Warbeard Hanson yeah. was was another one of those good ones. A couple matches with Sherman, a couple matches against Jimmy Preston there, and winning the chaotic countdown in that building. It was a lot of. Different things in Woburn that I really look back and, and love with fond memories. That match with uh, Warbeard Hanson, that was uh, recently shown with uh, was Chaotic Classics. Yeah, on the Chaotic Classics that we do every, however often, you know, when we do those big events like the Cold Fury, Summer Chaos, Breaking Point, we don't break those up into the Chaotic Elevated episodes. So in those couple weeks while we're waiting for those next shows to come out, we do some classic matches and whatnot. And for the last couple weeks, we did some classic Woburn matches and put them all out there. And now, Crockett, do you get a say. royalty for any of the matches they show where you were the referee? I'm waiting. Checks, waiting in, checks check. in the mail, kid. It is. What's the best way for people to uh, check out Elevate and all the Chaotic Classic stuff? Uh, YouTube, Facebook, chaoticondemand.com. Chaotic On Demand, actually, you know, we've been partnering also with some other promotions and doing some file sharing, so it's not just Chaotic Footage on there right now. Uh, we have some of our stuff on their networks. They have some of their stuff on our networks. Uh, and that's actually we're talking to and looking with other promotions to try to add some more content to that library. So, yeah, check it out, chaoticondemand.com. Other promotions involved with Chaotic Wrestling. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like this at all. <laughs> You're going to use your... out in hives right now. <laughs> I'm sitting on the wrong side of the old Chaotic desk at the training center. It's... He's talking about partnering with people. <laughs> I walked in. I tried to put three other companies out of business when I walked in the door. And ironically, spent half a million dollars. Wow. So, yeah. Half a million? That's not what I heard. <laughs> That's just today, Brian. Just, just half a million oh. today. That's not considering what's happening tomorrow. We still got half the weekend left. Yeah, exactly. Spend that other half a million. <laughs> Holy oh, Moses. Brother. Terrible indie television. Uh, so uh, any Woober <laughs> memories for you, Jamie? Fury called mine right out of the gate. Uh, I thought his farewell was was probably the best one of the best nights there the presidency on the line i talked about that i think when we had gorman on let the cast begin we talked about that that was probably my favorite angle that ever came out of chaotic wrestling or one of my favorite angles and then by far the best backstage moment in woburn history was mark sherman's career coming to an end i just remember sherman just sobbing on the the floor and an entire locker room just staring at him and or mocking him openly all at the same time the story was it was supposed to be like a a Five minute match or something like that. It was five it's to it was like a three three to five minute squash. Yes. Um. He was working Gino. Gino, Gino Martino. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I don't remember why, but Gino decided to go ten to twelve. It just went on and on. And as Sherman tells the story, he's trying to go to the finish, but Gino won't let him. Gino literally won't end the match. He comes through the curtain. Tarzan's just rip shit. Yeah. Yeah. He he never controlled his emotions that well <laughs> so he's bullshit i'm like what the hell just happened and then sherman had a complete and total breakdown in the locker room to the point where he's laying on the floor in tears saying my career is over in woburn and i remember i was standing next to mercedes mm-hmm. now sasha banks in wwe oh first name see i got the theme of the show <laughs> name dropping and i remember she and i are just looking at each other like what the hell is wrong with this kid but yeah, good times. Good times in Woburn. 
Brian, do you have anything in the works? Maybe another North Shore venue you're looking at, perhaps? Uh, well, no, we announced last night we are going back to Lawrence. Okay. Um, looking like we may be going back to Hudson, Mass. And then we actually have a couple other newer venues in the works. Uh, I don't want to announce anything until uh, everything's kind of official, because we don't know if it's 100% going to go through or not. But yeah, so we're looking to add some more venues. Uh, as much as it sucks, Woburn closing, because it was like, it was the easiest venue for us to run. Everything was automatic. We didn't have to think about anything. We could just go there, set it up, do everything like in our sleep. Uh, this is almost kind of like forcing our hand and making us push ourselves to grow and get more venues and, and different towns and things along that line to help grow the brand of Chaotic Wrestling. So it's as much as it sucks, it's a good thing as well. So uh, keep your eyes peeled, Mr. Crockett. It'd be a good thing overall in the long run. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Brian Malonis isn't here. He's taken off from this podcast. And we've got a guy here, Jamie Javikowski, who's taken off from his own podcast. It's like weird. It's like this irony of Brian Malonis isn't here, but then this other guy who is here who ha- isn't doing a podcast. What's going on with For the Pops real, and Let the Chaos Begin, Jamie? Real quick, what? Crockett, just so you know, I know I'm the permanent guest host here. But after a couple of weeks of his podcast being out, I sent him a text. I said, hey, you know, I don't know what's going on with your podcast, but you know, if you need help or need somebody to fill in, like yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd what? be willing to kind of do something for you if you needed to. And then I ended up kind of getting the full-time hosting gig here, as far as I'm concerned. So then I was like... Well, that's because that's the WPAN legal team reached out to my guys, <laughs> and they're like, hey, cease and desist immediately, approaching our exclusive talent, Brian Fury. So yes. I have no choice. This guy's no, in demand. You know, not not to steal Crockett's phrase you mentioned about, uh, yes, For the Pops and Let the Cast Begin are on a hiatus. We're hoping they should be back in the next couple of weeks. It was just a, a bunch of stuff all happened at the same time. Scotty Slade's been spending more time with his family and his daughter. That coincided with uh, I left for the summer, so I was gone for eight weeks. Rich and I have never really been able to get our scheduling down on Let the Cast Begin because it now always involves a guest, so you're coordinating more people every time. You're much better at it than than we are, apparently. Well. So uh, we we kind of decided, and when I say we, I mean I, I decided <laughs> to kind of put everything on hold till we can fix it. Because I have this weird thing that goes on in my brain that I hate when, when things get half-assed, whether it was other companies I've owned, whether it was Chaotic Wrestling, whether it was the old CTC. I just hated it not looking like or not sounding like we were trying or we cared or it was or it was good. And I thought both podcasts were kind of slipping a little bit. You know, Fury, you'd come on for the pops. It would be fun. But if I said to you, like, what was the point of For the Pops for a while there? It was well, like, yeah, we would kind of like meander around and yeah, just, it was uh, like yeah. a bunch of us just hanging out and talking. We didn't have like a set, like, this is what we're going to cover today, this is what we're going to do today type of thing. Yeah. And as a listener, I would kind of be like, eh, how is this interesting? What are we bringing to the table? Sometimes it played back and forth where you talk about chaotic yeah. stuff and For the Pops and other stuff and let the chaos begin. So it kind of. But, but the good news is, I would think in the next couple of months, we'll have uh, a different version of For the Pops coming back out. Let the chaos will be reinvented and redone and then I'm, i believe we're gonna have a third podcast oh, that will kind of join oh brother join the fold and i think that one will actually be a lot of fun you're kidding me wow it'll be a good time was there any issues because the new age insiders are stopping doing their stuff so you guys i'm, I'm assuming you're off the nai pop thing that thing is just we'd been off their feed for a while oh okay yeah we uh we were directly feeding we have a separate for the pops podcast feed they booted you huh 
They didn't exactly boot us. It was a. Um, oh, I think it was actually a mutual r- parting of ways. ways. It was yeah. It was a what was what was a Gwyneth Paltrow phrase? It was a uh, conscious uncoupling. Oh. I think that's what we did. We did it. We did a. Conscious we did that with them. I was gonna say yeah. But no, but but they uh, they went away. They had a very emotional goodbye last week. So really, you guys are the uh, you guys are the kingpins of the podcast in this area now, right? Or the standard bears for New England. Unbelievable. You guys were the first ones too, right? Pretty much. You're one of the first ones. You need a new uh, t-shirt now, Crockett. You guys are no longer the curtain jerkers. Yeah, with the main event. Wow. So in about two years, when you finally get around to making one, it be <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, we can't get it on BrianMalonis.com, though, because, I mean, he's not coming back. So so that lead us to go to thewpan.com? <laughs> yes, thewpan.com. Very good. And that website, you can find uh, ways to subscribe to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, the various podcast platforms, all of them, including Spotify, iHeartRadio. Find us and uh, follow us, subscribe. And the social media links are also there. Basically, we are at the WPAN on all social media platforms. So follow us and interact. And you can find the bios of me and the, the guy who used to be, do this podcast, Brian Fury, uh, still awaiting your official bio to be submitted. Almost done. Almost You're working done. on it? Just uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Okay. Well, get that right over to me. Mike at the WPAN.com. That's my email address. Okay. You can send that right no over. Right? Also, there are photos. You're involved in some of the photos. All right. Yeah. Uh, submit some more pictures as well. We'll get we'll, those up. We'll do. No nudes, please. Oh. All right. No nudes. Speaking of those uh, scandalous type Speaking of nudes. Photos Uh-oh. and Uh-oh. stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Basically, uh, our website, the WPAN.com, we used to be a part of BDA Radio and BDARadio.com. And when that website went away, when BDA Radio went kaput, uh, they redirected to our website, the WPAN.com. A lot of that going around on these podcasts. Yeah, a lot of of people just going out of business. BDA Radio had a lot of photos of women in various stages of undress, Jamie. You see that gross look on Jamie's face when you said that? Why? Why are you going to do that? His face curled up. Why are you going to do that right out of the gate today? <laughs> it was your face. It was I was either. looking right at you. I was face. looking, I'm like, wait, is the website still there? Can I go look? And you jerk. So there's various MMA fighters, uh, models, bikini broads. All their photos are over on BDARadio.com. And they're still kind of cached on the internet, even though that website's gone. So when they go searching for these photos, they end up at our website. And at the back end of the WPAN.com, I can actually see these search terms that brought people to our website. And there's some very interesting ones, Jamie. And I want to share one with you right now. Why, why is this turning on me all of a sudden? <laughs> well, ahead. someone put in the search bar that brought them to our website. They put in Andrea KGB Lee underwear is that all one word kgb lee kgb space lee okay and this is actually a continuation of last week because i think it was andrea lee leg picks which was last week oh okay now this person wants to see this woman who we i think we determined is some sort of kickboxer mma fighter they wanted pictures of her in her underwear all right generally speaking looks like of her Weighing in on a couple of these. Uh, cowboy hat. There you go, Tarzan. <laughs> Looks like she was the uh, Louisiana Babe of the Month in uh, January of 2014. Wow. Uh, for Highway 98.9. There you go. Uh, well, I mean, sadly, if someone put this in the search bar, they ended up with a photo of uh, Brian Malonis. Sucks to be them. This is very different than the leg pics yeah, that we it, searched last week. No, yeah, very different. Uh, all right. How about this, Brian? This one, I don't even know. I just put this in. It's like random words put together. Zorn 
Zorn. Model. Helga. Adult. <laughs> what? I don't understand how or why people Google these random things. Zorn model Helga adult. Zorn model Helga adult. I'm getting. Why do I feel like I'm on like nothing. the worst version of like the 1970s show Password? And we're playing Super <laughs> Password, and the clues are Zorn model Helga an adult. It's like pervert. You're the Bert Conver- <laughs> Convy of this whole thing, Crockett. I have no idea. Yeah, I. It, there's not nothing that comes up that nothing resembles whatsoever anything whatsoever that resembles anything at all. And, Zorn model Helga adult. And there's like a lot of references to Helga I see in the various search terms when I'm scanning through, and I don't get it. All right, let's move on then. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a weird one. This one would probably bring up quite a lot of hits. Oh, when you put this one in spanking. Oh, that was last week. Curvy bikini babes on beach. <laughs> Someone put this in the search bar. Curvy bikini babes on beach. They have to be on the beach. Yes. No, not by a pool, them. not in a park. Curvy bikini babes on a beach. Oh. oh, one of my selfies just came up, Crockett. Oh, oh let me see. Oh, hello. Goodness. Looking good there, Jamie. Nice tan lines. Ooh, buxom. So, so yeah. these are all the things that are leading now. Some of your t- search terms are leading. To your new WPA, the WPAN. Dot com, com. yes. So, uh, yeah. The only curvy babes on there are me and Brian. Yeah, well, the, I'll tell you, the, the, the Helga Zorn one, that's going to bother me. I might have to research that one <laughs> after, after the show. Cause Get back I'm, to I'm, us I'm on that. i about that one. Uh, Plus size bikini buyer's guide. There you go. Oh. Link. Okay. You've distracted Brian Fury. From yeah, okay. Okay. Yes, let's let's move, let's move on what to... the curvy bikini know. babes on the beach? Let's move on to this search term that someone put that brought them to our website. Pandora Peaks. Pandora Peaks. Pandora Peaks. Now, is that peaks like mountaintops or peaks like, you know, through a window shade? Uh, P-E-A-K-S. A-K-S. Oh, hello. Wow. <laughs> Those are, um, yeah. What's it? All right. Mountainous. I haven't hit images if, if, yet. If that's her... If that's her given name, there's a certain irony there that that happened to be, um, you know, that's like just living up to your name, I guess. Holy smokes. Goodness gracious. Those are, those are peaks, all right. I had heard this name before. Peaks and valleys. <laughs> Large peaks, deep valleys. Like, how do you fit through, like, doorways and stuff? Like, how do you function in the world with I, those? Oh, look, she, she's dressed up like I Dream of Jeannie in this one. That's, oh, all right. That's nice. Hold them up. She's very much into costumes. I have her here as a... (laughs) Hold them up. Yes. (laughs) She has to hold... When you Google this one, you'll see why and how she has to hold them up. I remember the first time I went to a strip club. Uh, Well, actually, it wasn't the first time. The first time I went to a strip club was in New York, like, during the day. It was, like... It was was frightening. Like, 89? (laughs) Not quite. But, yeah, I just turned uh, 18. Uh, and oh, uh, eighty four. Which is place out in Western Mass? I forget what it's called. Uh, What's it called? Matthews, I think. And uh, the woman who was headlining that night was uh, her name was Nikki Knockers. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, Nikki Knockers, and that's how you say her name. Like you say the name. I just remember like the DJ said it. Nikki Knockers. Wearing and nothing but heels and a smile. <laughs> that was her. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's how you have to say Nikki Knockers. You can't just say like I just did. Yeah, doesn't doesn't work. Hi, Brian Michael. I can introduce my friend. This is Nikki Knockers. You can do it that way. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. Let's move on from all the uh, 
Well, actually, we can't move on from the tit talk because the final search term. <laughs> uh, I did this especially for Jamie. Oh, am I going to get insulted again? No, no, no. This one came in uh, to the WPAN.com. Melanie B. Boobs. Oh. I, I'm on board with this one. <laughs> I'm completely. And That's Spice uh, Girl. Spice Girl, Spice right? Girl, yeah. Now, which one is, is Mel B? Uh, she's the African American. Okay, the one that's on uh, English one. Yeah, I guess. she's the one that's on uh, the uh, she was scary Spice. America's, America's Got Talent. Yeah, she was Scary Spice. She's, she's aged, unreal. She's now. aged quite well, incredibly well. So yeah, yes, I, I agree with that hit. That that would have that would bring me to the WPAN.com. Yeah, someone uh, someone searched that and boobs brought them to us again. I'm sure they want. I mean, there may be some slight disappointment at the beginning there, but then they listened to the podcast. I'm sure they really enjoyed it. It's one of those things. I don't ever search for like a particular body part thing. I just put nude. So you, you're you just general. You're a yeah. generalist. There's no certain body would, part that well, you prefer. Like, again, yeah, I, that, I, that covers I, everything. If I wanted to see Mel B nude, that's what I would put. But if, what if you don't want to see her nude? What if you just want to see her boobs? You're, if you're a gentleman, you just want to see. <laughs> that's right. the, you know, you're trying to keep it classy. Just want to see the upper half. I mean, I guess it's just not. Yeah, not what I would do. Did you guys see, did I text you guys yesterday, sorry to get off topic, but you're talking okay. about boobs and, and, and attractive women. Did you see uh, Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo, at the Versace yes, I yes. Just runway saw that show this yesterday? Uh-huh. Good God, they recreated her, her dress from the Grammys like 20 years ago. The green dress that's Good open God. to if, the belly button, yeah. If I didn't hate Alex Rodriguez as a Red Sox fan before, I despise that man now. Because still, they're still together? Yeah, they're, they're engaged now. They're getting married. She's wow. looking great at 50. She was unreal. Absolutely unreal. Hmm. So again, if you're out there listening, uh, Google JLo Versace Runway, and it'll probably bring you right to the WPAN.com. <laughs> trying to help you, Mike. Trying to trying to get hits. Very good. The most disappointing website on the internet is the WPAN.com. And uh, gentlemen, we did a show called The Name Droppers. Not you and me, Brian, or you and me, Jamie. Me and the the guy. The he was the kingpin at the time. And we did the show called The Name Droppers. It was episode 48 of the wrestling podcast about nothing. So it's like nearly like two and a half years ago at this point. Way back when. And we were planning on doing a part two. The thing is, me, I kind of burned out all my stories in the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brother. So I figured we've got two guys here that weren't involved in the last one that I'm sure have some tales of dealing with the stars of professional wrestling, the legends of our sport. I mean, you, Brian, probably more as a talent. You, Jamie, as an executive. Not a promoter. Not a, Not promoter. a promoter. Not a promoter. An <laughs> owner of a wrestling company. So I figure that perhaps we can do name droppers too, or we can just drop names all over this motherfucker. Well, I mean, all right. I mean, you had texted me this idea, and then I ignored it for like a day and a half, yes. which, I, which I tend to do. And then uh, when I finally got back to you, you're like, you sure you have enough stories? I'm like, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Like, I'll just kind of wing it. And then I said I wanted to listen to the older episode. I never got around to uh, doing it. Mother. It's tough, man, being a promoter. You have a lot of <laughs> things to do like the day before a show. I understand. Good. I think you may have invited the wrong co-host of Let the Chaos Begin on this episode. <laughs> oh, no. really, if you're talking about the king of name dropping, it's not me. It is my my cohort. It is Rich Palladino. Maybe we'll just drop in an episode of Let the Chaos Begin right here. You know what I can be, and I swear we'll get back on topic. You know what I compare Rich to? Remember like DDP at the height of WCW where they would say he could hit a diamond cutter from anywhere? That's Rich Palladino with a name drop. It doesn't matter where we are in a podcast. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. You turn around the wrong way, bang. 
Rich will drop a name on you. <laughs> there was one where I, I don't even know if this one ever made the air. Rich was talking about he was doing a weekend somewhere. And of course, and you know, I met up with uh I met up with my good friend Biff Busick, who's Oni Larkin in uh, NXT now, and that's how the story starts. Next thing you know, he's in a hotel room, drinking till four in the morning and talking till four in the morning. The way he dropped these names, it was like the end of a Rocky movie when like the flurry of punches starts to happen to go to the finish. It was like, bang, name, bang, name, bang, name, bang, name. I'm like, I'm sitting there stunned. I'm like, what the hell just happened to this podcast? It just turned into, yep, all the people Rich knows. So I apologize, but I'll do my best. I think you're going to have to reformat the Let the Chaos Begin all over again after that. Oh, yeah, uh, clearly. No, I give him crap about it every time. I'm like, you know, I tell him the, the cleaning people are tired of picking up all the names he drops after we're done in the studios. But anyways, but sorry. I think that's going to be the third podcast, the Rich's Tall Tales. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so working with the stars, let me just hit a quick one just to drop a name and then put myself over at the same time. Oh, Um, You mentioned earlier Mercedes. Uh, Sasha Banks in WWE? Yes. Yes. Sasha Banks in WWE. I just want to acknowledge that she put me over as a great booker. Wow. Not Tarzan, mind you, who, who's actually booking her at the time, but she put me over. You know why? 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 I let her do what she wanted. <laughs> because it, I, I booked the uh, the Lowell Spinners, which is the single A baseball team affiliate yeah. of the Red Sox, uh, and we would do these shows outside the venue as people were walking in. The, the gimmick was uh, she was wrestling, I think, Pat Matthews. Pat or Nick, probably, or something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, and I just let them do what they wanted to do. So I, I was told that uh, I was a great booker. Wow. Congratulations. That's, so, Brian, if you need any advice when it comes to booking, that just story. let them do whatever they want to do. That story fizzled hard. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I burned all my stories last wow. time. <laughs> yeah, she said I was a good book. Remember that time with Mercedes? <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> the Chris Farley show, yeah, yes. You are. Okay, then, Brian, Jamie, hit me with something. I'll go. I'll Drop go. a name. So... Uh, the first name I ever wrestled was Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh, really? Yes. I was, I don't know, two, two and a half years into wrestling, still young, still scrawny, still really no idea kind of what's going on. With I the thought, cheetah print yeah, oh, yeah. underwear. Yeah, the leopard print. Yeah, still, you know, I kind of, I don't know. And they're like, oh, you're going to wrestle... Greg Valentine, and this was like a two-part show. It was like an afternoon show and a night show. This was like at like a fair or something along those lines. It was for for Jeff, a lobster man. Yep. And um, they're like, oh, you're going to wrestle the main event of the afternoon show. And you're going to wrestle Greg Nehmer Valentine. And I was like, what? Like, shocked. Like, didn't know what was going to happen. Had You know, I was nervous, all these things. Right. I'm sitting there, and Greg Valentine walks into the room, and then he looks at the sheet. Scans down the sheet, sees his name, see who he's wrestling, and he just turns around and goes, who's Brian Fury? And I said, I am. And he comes over, shook me, and he says, nice to meet you. And I said, nice to meet you, too. And then he left the room. <laughs> and the show is happening. The show is going on. <laughs> and finally, it's time, Your for, knees are knocking. it's time for our match. And I go up to a gorilla position. I still haven't seen him or talked to him at all. <laughs> And he comes walking up to Gorilla, finishes tying one of his boots. His music is playing. He looks at me and he goes, figure four for the finish, all right? And I said, yeah, of course, whatever you want to do. He goes, okay. And then he just walked to the ring. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, what is going to happen? Uh, The match ended up 
being know, passable. I just kind of listened to him in the ring. I remember at one point in time, I got up and I gave him 10 punches in the buckle and I jumped down and he did the Greg Valentine, like the <laughs> stun and then the like mm. face bump. And I remember like watching it in the ring and like marking out like, oh, that was awesome. That was great. And then I was like, oh shit, I got to like cover him. <laughs> it was like a split second of like, oh. Uh, and then he just put me in the figure four and went home. And then afterwards, he's like, thanks. And that was it. That was all I talked to him the whole time. <laughs> and awesome. that was my first experience ever working with or doing anything with a name in the professional wrestling business. One thing I hear about Greg Valentine is that he spends a lot of time backstage with his uh, trunks around his ankles. That was more beefcake. Oh, that was more beefcake? Excuse that was me. much more beefcake. Uh, I, I got confused there with the dream team. Dream team. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A couple times I was on shows with Bruce Beefcake. 90% of the time in the locker room, completely naked, just <laughs> naked, sitting there on his chair, and he'll talk to people, yelling across the locker room, whatever, he's just sitting there, naked. And a lot of times, these locker rooms aren't, like, really locker rooms. You're in, like, some back office and stuff like that. It's In a locker room, I can understand, perhaps, being nude, but walking around, like, some, like, classroom... <laughs> like yeah. we're, we're like third graders are Monday morning, it's just completely oh. nude. It's just a little, oh, a little so strange. Dirty now. Yeah. Oof. But Brian, Brian, you've obviously worked a bunch of names over, and, and from what I've always heard from the guys from from running shows, in general, when you bring in names, you get one of two types: either people who still care, still mm-hmm. want to go out there, even if they're in front of seventy five indie fans, they still want to go out there, have a good match, have fun, work with the guy, yep. help out the youngster. Or they're the other guys who you could probably write down exactly what their match is oh, yeah. every time. Pretty much, right? yeah. Which ones did you like working more? I like the ones that wanted to do stuff <laughs> and, and enjoyed it. Um, it was weird. I got the pleasure of working Tommy Dreamer on one of the chaotic shows. Yeah. And I was in Littleton, New Hampshire. It was the night two of like a two-night thing. We worked Chase the night before. And I didn't get a chance to watch his match with Chase. But Chase said after my match with Dreamer, he's like, yeah, it's the exact same match I had with him the night before. <laughs> Tommy <laughs> tends to do the exact same. No matter, in Crockett, you'll remember this when we used to book Tommy. And I, Tommy, great guy, got along when he was in charge of talent relations, did a lot of good stuff for Chaotic. Always easy guy to work with. But you remember from when we would book him, mm-hmm. no matter what you book for Tommy Dreamer, it starts off with, well, you know what, I'm going to grab the mic and I'm going to make it uh, an Extreme Rules match. Every single time. And then the problem is, like, the first few times you do it, and Brian Crockett, you both understand this, if you're not prepared for Extreme Rules match going into a night, like, you have to do a little prep work. You have to go to Home Depot. You got to get stuff that can be used in an Extreme Rules match. Some plunder. Otherwise, Mm. what you're doing is you're wandering around, you know, Knights of Columbus kitchens trying to find baking sheets that hopefully they won't notice are gone and you're trying to find trash cans. Not that this use, happens, right, Jamie? I, You know what? If they haven't figured it out by now, <laughs> send, send all inquiries and all reimbursement forms to Brian Fury, uh, courtesy what? of Chaotic Wrestling. And not to say that Tommy Dreamer doesn't care. He'll still bump like hell. Oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. he really enjoys being out there. He's really into it. But yeah, I mean, there's like a, a standard... Tommy Dreamer match, much like there's a standard Tony Atlas match. Oh, yeah. Right? And uh, Tony Atlas is a guy that he's... Uh, <laughs> you all right? Uh, uh, not a, yeah, g- great guy. Hall of Famer, WWE. Yes. He's USA. Have, a from, great, have a great Tony Atlas story. I think you, you might have been there, Crockett. 
Yeah, he's he's from Maine, of course, so he's been around. And uh, are you talking about the subway story? Yep, that's exactly what I was. I think we've talked about, about that before, but let's give it a different perspective <laughs> of the subway story. So we're at there's a subway, literally like in front of the venue that we were wrestling in. It's like down a little hill, but like on the street in front of us. And so some of us wrestlers are there just grabbing, you know, some sandwiches to eat because we we're a couple hours before showtime, and Tony Atlas was there with us. Tony Atlas is a big guy, he's tall, and he's looking over the counter. I thought he was just looking at like the food and stuff, saying what he wanted on it. Most of us would look through the glass, but he's a he's a big guy. But he's not. He's looking at the no. the girl making his sub, and then he just goes seven. And she's like, What? He's like, That's the size of your shoes, seven. She's like, uh, yeah. How did you how did you know that? And he didn't answer how he knew that. He reaches into his fanny pack. Oh god, no. And he pulls out a Polaroid picture of a girl like stepping on his face, and then he holds it up to her and says, Would you want to do that to me? Oh. While we're in subway, she's making a sandwich. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it was god. like I was just like, What is going on right now? And she was like, uh, no, uh, and then, like, continued to make a sandwich, like, rung him out, and then, like, moved along to the next person in the line. It's funny, like, the way that's kind of become normalized, because I remember the first time I walked into a locker room uh, on a show that Tony Atlas was on, was on as well, and seeing him laying down with his head, like, near a wall, and a woman leaning against the wall with her hands on it, stepping on his face. I just walk into a locker room and there's this random woman just you know, using the wall to hold herself up and stepping on his face. And not like the side of his face, his face straight up like right on his nose. But I seem to remember when we did the No Opportunity Wasted weekend, when we did that, when we did the reality show and we did the uh, for Discovery Channel. Yep. And we do the big payoff where the uh, gym rat, was that his name? Yeah, yeah. Where the contestant executive. had to... The executive, thank you. Yeah, that where the gym rat had to perform in front of a group of judges. We brought in Kettner, Kowalski, and we brought in Atlas. Yeah. I seem to remember Atlas showed up, and the T-shirt he was wearing was that <laughs> T-shirt, a big blown-up picture of a chick standing on his face. And I remember like the producer, the director, coming over to me going, he, he, he can't wear that on the air. I'm like, what's he? And I went out, I'm like, I'm like, oh, shit. All right, we had to find him. Like a chaotic T-shirt, we had to have him go get a different T-shirt on. And he was like, oh, yeah, 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 I wouldn't wear that in front of the cameras. I'm like... Why do you have it? In what world does somebody wear that T-shirt around? And, and the funny thing is, like, I thought this is like, you know, he's getting older. He doesn't care anymore. Literally, I saw footage from Mid-South in like the oh. early to mid-80s where he did a run-in wearing one of those shirts, wearing a shirt. Literally, it was like oh. 83, and he's wearing one of those shirts with a woman stepping on his face. So it's not something where like he just doesn't care anymore. Like He's been doing this for... Like almost as long as most of us have been alive. I heard a story, and I don't know, maybe just one of those tales, but like why he's like that. Like his mom would work like two or three jobs to kind of keep everything afloat. And when she would get home at the end of the day, and he'd be sitting like at the foot of like the chair, and she would be too like tired and beat to like take care of him. And she would like pet like his head and stuff like with her feet as she sat on the chair. And that's kind of how that came to be. Way to make that more sad and more creepy <laughs> all at the same time. But wow, again, this, it, is, this is why I like him as your co-host. This could be one of those <laughs> folklore tales, but that's kind of what I heard. 
I don't think you understand what folklore is. <laughs> I mean, it's like folklore, like Paul Bunyan and yeah. being the Blue Hawks, not Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas doesn't fit into folklore. I, I don't know who creepy's does. Creepy's feet in his mom fetish. Oh. Okay, let's move. Let's move along. the show. Let's move on. Jamie, I know oh. as the owner, not promoter of a wrestling company, you've dealt with a lot of talent. Uh, you know, WWF talent, former WWF talent, uh, big name, independent guys. You're out of the business, right? Is there anybody that was particularly difficult? You can just name them right here. It, it's weird. You asked me that before the show, and then as we started, I actually texted a couple of people to say, hey, did anybody ever cause us? We never really had a problem that I remember. I'm kind of looking at Fury because you were on shows, but I don't ever remember anybody being a problem. Like I used to hear horror stories of other promoters and, and wrestling owners who they would have stars come in and say they would refuse to do this or they didn't want to do that. We never, ever had that. And I don't know if that was just because we were we were either up front with them or we were organized. You know, you pretty much often knew when a guy, they'd pretty much be up front and say they would have to go over. Oh, I remember when we didn't book. We tried to get Slaughter for a show. Uh, this just came to me. We tried to get Sergeant Slaughter this for a just show. This just in. No, this is, like, this is how my brain works. Like I don't remember anything until something sparks it. I'm like, oh, now I remember this. You hear the music in the we, background there? We tried, to bring in, uh, we tried to bring in Sergeant Slaughter. And I remember I was traveling. So I, I remember I was on the phone with his agent at the time. They wanted an outrageous amount. I want to say they wanted like five grand to bring him in at the time. And... The statement was he had to be in a tag match. The tag match had to be eight minutes. He would come out, he'd salute, he'd take the hot tag, and he'd do the Cobra Clutch. And that's all you got for five grand. And I'm like, well, what about... And then my go-to was always, all right, well, if we do... If he sells gimmicks at intermission, can we split 50-50? We provide them. And he was like, no, he keeps 100% of gimmicks. So literally, what are you paying five grand for? For this guy to come in, walk to the ring, salute, and then take a hot tag into a Cobra Clutch. He was probably the one. So we ended up not booking. I don't remember anybody. Who were you the most worried about? I told the story before, and I think I told it on your podcast when we run in Sunny. When we run in Sunny, we were, I think we were fortunate. We might have been the last company that got Sunny before she completely went off the rails. Now, the train had gotten delayed on the tracks a few times with her, (laughs) but we got her one of the last times, and I remember Dreamer warned me about her. Because we had had him in shortly before. He's like, hey, you're bringing in Tammy. I said, yeah. He's like, yeah, all right, be careful. Keep an eye on her. So I drive in to pick her up at the airport. And I was in college when Sunny was really popular. So she and I, I think we're almost the exact same age. But still, I still had the Sunny crush that everybody did. You remember her from, you know, the most out- yeah. downloaded AOL star. The, oh, yeah. The red, white, and blue bikini and all that stuff. Raw magazine, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you talked about it on uh, Tarzan and Julian's podcast about, you know, sometimes you still have to resist marking out at times. Yeah. Sunny was one I was leaning into to marking out toward her. So I go and pick her up at the airport and I'm sitting in baggage claim and there's this kid there, literally a kid, like 19-year-old kid holding a bouquet of flowers. And I hear him on his phone or something. He's like, well, a Sunny. I'm like, are you waiting for Sunny? Yeah, it was her 19-year-old boyfriend in Boston <laughs> who's waiting. Long story short, she gets off the plane and she says to me, she's like, all right, what I want to do is I want to go drop my bags off at the hotel. Then I want to go to the Mandarin in Boston to meet up with Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. And I'm like, what are you meeting him for? Oh, no, I just want to say hello to him. I'm going to hang out with him for a few hours. Then we'll go to the show. And immediately, like, every, everything <laughs> Dreamer and everybody warned me about goes off in my head. I'm like, hanging yeah, out with a rock star. That's not going to work. Because <laughs> number one, I'm not driving to Lowell 
from Logan's drive back into Boston. So I say, here's what we'll do. I said, I'll bring you over there now. You got an hour. I will wait downstairs. I went to the hotel restaurant. I had lunch. Waited downstairs in the lobby. At an hour, she texted me or called me. She's like, I'm running late. Got another half an hour. Great. Sure enough, came down. We drove up to Lowell. We dropped her bags at the hotel. We go to the show. She was fine during the whole show. Um, she uh, met some of the boys that night. Um, had a, But she was fine. She didn't cause any problems. I'm and, sad I didn't get to meet her that night. And all I remember is at the end of the night, she walks up to me and says, Tammy, thanks so much. Great job. I hand her her check. She looks at me. She goes, so are we done now? I go, yep, we're done. She said, so I'm on my own? I said, you are officially released from all duties. Thanks so much for coming in. And that was the last I saw her. And then like two weeks later, that was when she got arrested for like one of the first big moments. So yeah, the key to Tammy was just don't let her out of your sight. Didn't she have a demand for her uh, ring announcement? Something she had to do us as a Hall of Famer, wasn't that She it? had to say that, no, the original diva or something like that from WWF. Yeah, sure. I didn't pay that much attention to that. Sure, probably. Yeah. Whatever. I don't remember. But no, she was fine that night. I remember she had very specific requests because it was a Halloween show. Yeah. And what costume she wanted for the Battle Royal. So you and I, because we worked undercover at the time, we went we got like a case of costumes for her to choose from for the Battle Royal. Yeah. Mm. yeah what do you think of that? Brian right. Fury. Brian, uh, I know you worked for MWF, the Millennium Wrestling Federation, which regularly brought in former WWF stars and numerous, numerous, numerous stars on the same show. Yes. Do you have any interesting tales from working perhaps with stars so the for the only, MWF? I didn't get to work a lot of those older names at that show, except for one show. Uh, I got to work with Al Snow. Okay. Uh, not a big fan of Al Snow. No? No. <laughs> we were following East Coast Cowboy versus Viscera. <laughs> you all right, Jamie? And, I, just, I just puked in my mouth just a little bit, but continue. <laughs> and East Coast Cowboy and Viscera broke the ring. Like, broke it. It, like, fell apart, and we had to wait. And we were, like, late in the show. I think we were second to last match, maybe third to last match. And the MWF shows were long shows anyway. Yeah. So we were already very late in the show. They had to fix the ring, and then finally went out there with Al Snow. And he was, like, I don't know. He was, like, trying to, like, reteach me the wrestling business after I'd already been doing it at this point in time, like, 14, 15 years. And he was... It was not a pleasant experience uh, wrestling with Al Snow. Not really at all. Really? Was, yeah. I was not a fan of him and or working with him. He was willing to do stuff and, and he wanted to go, but it was like I had zero say in the match whatsoever. There wasn't a lot of like bumps. It was more like just fighting throughout the whole thing. Um, we were handicapped with some random MWF hanger on guy that ended up being like in his corner or something and then it was just Dr. Von Johnson? No, no. No. Okay. No, it was just it was a mess. But talking about MWF, I know somebody you brought they used to bring in all the time who underratedly we brought them in once. Probably the nicest guy I ever met in the wrestling industry was Paul Bearer. Percy Pringle. Percy. He was Such there. Such a like nice every guy. Show. He was there all the time. For you, but we brought him in once ages ago. And I, in general, when we would bring people in, you'd always have to have arranged transport from the airport. And no wrestling company or promoter, owner, whatever you call me, is going <laughs> to pay to do that. So you'd find a volunteer. And usually guys will volunteer to go pick up a star. Well, it was always adult. Yeah. Mark Baudry, who would always want to do that because he was a fan of especially the old timers. But for some reason, I picked up Paul Bearer that day. Picked him up. We ended up going to lunch. We came here to the school at one point to stop by. 
nicest guy you've ever met, talks to you like a normal person, told some amazing Undertaker stories about back in the day, but just, just a straight up nice guy. Again, another one. He was also a guy where we had booked a casket match that night. That's why we brought him in. And he was one of the good guys who he would, uh, he actually gave us suggestions on maybe how the match could work a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So he actually was invested and actually cared. So he was good. That was in, we had him in Methuen. Oh, my favorite Methuen story though. Can I tell this one? Sure. Thanks. <laughs> my favorite Methuen story. And I just told this one the other day because I was, I was out to dinner with this clown. So this was back when Duke Stalton was half of the local legends. Of course. Right? Duke's one of the local legends. So it's about Duke Stalton because we're talking about legends today. It so. is, right. Yes. Duke Stalton, the, Duke Stalton the, story. Lo the local legend. Johnny Fabulous was managing somebody. I, I, think, I think it was the ring announcer, or he was the uh, commentator. Was commentator? Was I forget why, he, but he was on the shows for some reason, whether he was managing at the time, commentating. But Duke's on the show as well. And we're in Methuen. And how many could we fit in Methuen? How many? 100, maybe 120 was our yeah. on Methuen back then. So it's not a huge crowd. Well, for anybody who doesn't know Johnny Fabulous, his real name is John Cena Sr. And uh, obviously his son is John. So John Jr., Cena, drops by the show with a couple of his friends to watch his dad do something. His dad had to have been managing because he came by to watch his dad that night. And uh, I mean, where was John Cena in the progression of his career? He's probably like a U.S. champion at the time. Yeah, he he had debuted on the main roster. He had already, you know, he did the opening thing with Angle. He took some time off. So yeah, but he's like Doctor Thugonomics type of. He's, yeah, but he's he's U.S. Championship level somewhere yeah. right in there. So he comes in and we say hello to him, and he's like, uh, yeah, you know, just don't don't introduce me, don't make a big deal about me. And he kind of like creeped into the back with his buddies, had his baseball hat pulled all the way down. So pre-show. I grab everybody and I'm like, hey, guys, John Cena's here. Don't acknowledge him. Don't make a big deal about him. Just do your thing. He's here to watch his dad. Okay, great. Boom. First match, first guy out of the curtain is Duke Dalton. Mm -hmm. Dukes goes out there, gets to the ring apron, turns, looks right at Cena. Hey, Cena, you can't see me. <laughs> and that's how Duke Dalton starts our show. John <laughs> Cena stayed for one match and left. <laughs> thanks, to, thanks to Duke Dalton. Yeah. What a oh, guy. Wow. Awesome. What a so amazing. Brian Fury, do you have any stories uh, of the best legend or WWE guy or so, uh, well, independent guy? Well, I'll, I'll tell a, a little tale here. Oh, okay. Um, I met Jerry Lynn. Uh, the first time I wrestled him was at the Super 8 tournament. Jim Kettner? <clears throat> yeah, for Jim Kettner. That was the first time I met him and got to... It was cool because we kind of talked about random things. And I talked about how I used to rib Steve Bradley my trainer all the time because in his entrance video he had footage of like power pro and he was wrestling uh jerry lynn yeah. all the time in front of like this huge audience and how his video looked better than everybody else's because he's using all this old footage and he just used wfa footage for us yeah so he used to give him crap all the time so i'd become you know pals with jerry lynn ended up working him like probably four or five more times over the next four or five years and we actually became like Friends, so we wrestled the singles match and it ended in like some weird finish. And we we're supposed to come back with like a one more singles match. And this was probably maybe a month or so before he retired. And then he messages me. Or he, t he talked to me. He was like, "Hey, Brian, you know, I know I told you to come back and do a singles match. You know, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of banged up and I'm just trying to get to the end here." He's like, "So I might have to do a tag match." And I was like, oh, "Okay, that's fine, whatever." And then he was like, I was just wondering, would you, you know, would you be okay doing a tag match with me and uh, Ricky Morton as my partner? And I was like, what? <laughs> Did you seriously just ask me that? <laughs> like, what a weird 
thing to ask if I was okay. Am I okay wrestling you in Ricky Morton? Yeah, I, I fucking, I guess so. He's like, would you would you have somebody that would be able to like be your tag partner that we you know wouldn't like bang us up or anything? So uh, I immediately contacted Alex Arion, mm-hmm. who at the time wasn't really wrestling much at all, and if it was, it was only for chaotic. He wasn't doing anything, and Alex was like, yeah, sure, no problem. And so I had a really good rapport with Jerry at the time, and me, Alex, Jerry, and ended up becoming like a six man. So, but earlier in the night, it was just supposed to be a regular tag. So me, Alex, and Jerry are kind of like talking over stuff, and Jerry's trying to like remember spots, and he was trying to remember the spot that the Rock and Roll Express used to do, where like if you Irish whip somebody in the buckle, and the tag partner like jumped up and laid on the top buckle yes. so it wouldn't hit him, but he didn't remember how it went, and he's like, oh, trying to think of it, and we're just sitting there talking with him. Ricky Morton comes walking in the room, mullet flowing, and he's <laughs> cool old time guy. And Jerry's like, "Hey, Ricky, how's this spot go?" And like Ricky Morton was like, "Big leaguing Jerry Lynn." It was amazing. <laughs> Jerry, I don't know what these fancy fucking spots you're calling are. I'm gonna do it all out there in the ring. Hey, kids, nice to meet you. I'll fucking see you guys out there, okay? Jerry, I ain't going through all your fucking spot bullshit. And he turns and he left the room. And and Jerry's like laughing. We were like, what the hell is going on? Oh my god. It was amazing. How did the match go? It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It, was, it was good. It ended up being me, Alex, and uh, Jeremy Leary against Jerry Lynn, Ricky Morton, and Kid Cash. And it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good time. It was uh, Ricky Morton, man. He was just going. I remember doing a spot with him out there. He's like, all right, give me two arm drags, pick him up for a body slam, I'll slip and hit you with the drop kick. And I was like, really? He was, you know, he's old now and he's still doing all this stuff if you've seen clips of him lately yeah. he's doing like canadian destroyers yep. and stuff but i was like <laughs> yeah. shocked and he's like going boom 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 i was like this is fucking amazing and how long like, ago was this this was i mean i've been practicing done wrestling for like three years so it was like probably like five years ago Jeez. at this point but yeah he was awesome he was wearing his mwo t-shirt the mullet world order <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> That's amazing. He was great. That whole that night was a lot of fun. It was a good time. I'll tell you a story that I guarantee I know you've never heard of Fury. I don't think you've ever heard it either. All right. And it doesn't involve me, but involves WWE superstars. There you go. So my mother is on a flight from Boston to Detroit one day for business. And for those of you who haven't listened to For the Pops or what the guess we're not on anymore. But um <laughs> but to get a good image of my mother, you gotta picture like a combination of share. And the stereotypical rich lady on any sitcom. Combine the two, (laughs) you've got my mother. But she's real. So she's on a flight from Boston to Detroit. And this had to be, we had just started Chaotix. We're talking like 2001, 2002. Cell phones didn't have, there was no FaceTime. I don't even think cell phones, you could really take pictures on them back then. Mm -hmm. Probably not. So it's like Motorola flip phones and stuff. So all of a sudden I see my phone ringing and it's my mother's cell phone. I'm like, hey mom, what's up? She goes, Oh, well, on my flight to Detroit, and there's somebody who wants to say hi to you. I'm like, all right. And all of a sudden, I hear, hey, Jamie. I'm like, hi. Uh, do you know who this is? I'm like, no. This is Paul White. I'm like, what? <laughs> he goes, oh, yeah, you, you probably know me as the big show. <laughs> I'm like, uh, hi, Paul. What's going on? He's like, 
yeah, you know, your mother was talking to me. He said, you're starting a wrestling company. You know, good luck with that. Uh, you know, she wanted me to say hello to you. Now, I got a picture. She probably said to him, oh, my son's a big fan of yours. He's probably thinking an eight-year-old's going to pick up the phone, <laughs> right? No, now we get to me, 20-something Jamie. And I'm like, oh, well, gee, thanks. Uh, he's like, all right, hold on. Here's your mom back. And uh, she says, uh, oh, she, do you know who that was? I'm like, yeah, I know who that was, mom. And she goes, hold on. Hey, Jamie. Hello. <laughs> and he's like, uh, yeah, this is Mark Henry. I swear. I'm like, hi, Mark. Your mother, mother's sitting with us. Oh, she's funny. And now he's going about my mother. I'm like, okay. Now all of a sudden, hold. All I can picture real quick is your mom sitting between Big Show well, and no, Mark no, no, Henry wait, wait, on a plane. There. We're getting there. This is worse. Because <laughs> now, again, my mother's in first class. So now you can start to picture this. Now all of a sudden I hear, hey, Jamie. He said, uh, you know, we're passing the phone around. Say hello to you. And just as I go, hi, Hunter. <laughs> it's Triple H. He's on the phone with me now. So now, boom, boom, boom. They hand the phone back. And, okay, we're taking off. Bye. And my mother hangs up. I'm like, what the hell is she doing? <laughs> so now, all of a sudden, she calls me later in the day. Well, I guess they land in Detroit. And my mother, Crockett, you've met her. Few, you've met her in passing a few times. Mm-hmm. Crockett, you know her pretty well because yep. you worked with her. My mother has a very outgoing personality. Well, somehow she convinces them that, and my mother always wears like the high heel shoes. My mother's crazy. Um, <laughs> somehow it turns out that, and I, I get the sense that all of them probably had a few on the flight, on the short flight in the morning. Well, all of a sudden they decide that from the gate to the baggage claim is much too far for my mother to walk. Big Show and Mark Henry carry her <laughs> from the gate all the way to baggage claim. Now she's there, and she's telling me, I guess, I think Test was there at the time. She's telling me all these names. This is a true story may lightning strike me. They're at baggage claim. My mother is standing there and starts to see her bag. She starts to head toward the baggage claim. Some kid on a different flight steps in front of her, bumps her, and grabs his bag. All of a sudden, this kid feels this monster paw grab him <laughs> on the shoulder. Big show. Grabs this kid. Hey, what? kid's like, what? And he goes, you just bumped Miss Tiffany. You need to turn and apologize to her. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. And he goes, now why don't you stand over there and wait for your bag to come around again? <laughs> okay. Kid has to powder while he waits for his bag to come all the way around. Yeah. So, so then like, my mother does a trip. She comes home. And she goes, I got you a souvenir. She hands me one of the actual sexual chocolate candy bars <laughs> that Mark Henry. So I'm like, well, this is weird and creepy all at the same time. Because, yeah, sexual chocolate was basically- They made the candy bars? Mom. Yeah, I, they made the candy bars. I guess so. Yeah. Wow. Was maybe, it autographed? Maybe he only handed them out himself, like Fabo bucks. <laughs> like Fabo bucks to rich women in first class on flights from Boston. So that, that's that's my craziest <laughs> WWE name. It didn't even involve me. My mother had better interactions with half the WWE roster than I got to do over 15 years. Now, can you top that, Brian Fury, before we close this out? I don't think I can top that. That is is pretty amazing and epic all at the same time. I guess that's it then. Thank you very much, guys. We're dropping names. Maybe we'll drop a few more before the uh, day is through here. But we want your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on Name Droppers 2. Use the hashtag WPAN so we can interact with you. And you can call the voicemail line. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And we do have a voicemail. Oh, all right. So let's take a listen right now. Hello, wrestling podcast about nothing. My name is Will 
over. Yes, I am an old voice from the past of Michael Crockett. And uh, I was just listening to your show about the King of the Ring in 1995, and I have to agree with your summary about the show. It absolutely stunk. Uh, I would greet it an F, personally. But uh, I just decided to call in, and uh, I just wanted to let Mike know. Um, yeah, we're, we're old-time friends. But uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a heel turn on you. I'm gonna be the the bigger man here, and uh, I know we had a little falling out uh, due to the infamous Brantford, Connecticut incident, and we really haven't spoken that much. But you know, it's uh, a lot a lot of times gone by, Mike, and uh, I think we need to really squash this whole uh, argument between you and me and all of our friends and uh, catch up on old times. But, uh, if you want to share the story on, on the podcast, it's fine. Um, but, you know, let's look at bygones and bygones. Let's not hold grudges. And uh, let's talk, buddy. Give me a call sometime. That's all right. If not, hey, love the show. You guys are doing great. And uh, I'll see you soon. Well, did you bang his sister or something? Or is, <laughs> no, what happened? Did you listen to that beforehand? No, no. I, so, this I, is, so this is your first time listening yes. to this. I was looking at your face while you're listening to it, and it was very interesting. I didn't think you would listen to it beforehand. So, t- what's going on here? Well, uh, this is Will. He was, yeah, like you said, uh, an old friend. We hung out. We actually went to college together. Uh, he was a, a fan of wrestling too. He at one point wanted to be a wrestler. He talked about Brantford, Connecticut, and a Brantford, Connecticut incident. I, I mean, I personally don't have any heat with this guy, not at all. But we just kind of fell out of touch. Um, the the Brantford, Connecticut. Speaking of name droppers, the Brantford, Connecticut incident. That was the day of terrorizing's last independent show. Wow. Wow. Terrorizing, a.k.a. Uh, would go on to be Jean-Paul Levesque, okay. would go on to be a guy on the flight that uh, Jamie's mother That's was right. on. <laughs> the least interested guy on the flight in saying one to her eight-year-old son. For some reason, slumming it in commercial first class. <laughs> <laughs> the jet was supposed to be in the shop. Uh, but it was the night of his last independent show. And from what I remember, I, I was told this. I wasn't backstage. I was uh, still just uh, recording shows, just videotaping shows at the time. Apparently, he approached Triple H and was giving him advice for wrestling life. This, I mean, uh, Will, a great guy, good guy, but uh, apparently he was giving life advice and, and wrestling advice to this guy who would go on to basically own the wrestling world. <laughs> Something about, I don't think you should be in a tag team. You should be a singles guy. I think that was the overall theme. Was of- he in the wrestling business as Will Fellow? No. Look, I get stuff like that from fans all the time. They tell me, oh, I don't think you should be doing this. I think you should be doing this or whatever. So I just, okay, thanks. I told you for two years, I don't think you should wear jeans to the ring, and we saw where that got me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing is that if he went to WCW from there. They tried to put him in a tag team with uh, William Regal or Steve Regal, the Blue Bloods, and he went and left, so he took the advice from, from <laughs> Will. He was like, I'm going to, I'm going to Vince. Fuck but, this. Wh- why does Will have heat with you? What did you do? I don't know. I don't think... It I mean, sounded like it, it was just like a falling out of some sort, and, and he wanted to let bygones be bygones. I don't know if he thinks there's something going on, but hey, look, you heard it here. Crockett has no heat with you. I mean, maybe there was at one point in time, but Crockett's memory is about as long as his dink, so... <laughs> So very long. <laughs> well, well, Crockett, I want to extend an open invitation to you and Will to come on Let the Chaos Begin, and you can clear the air. And, all out. Yeah. We're booking guests sometime into uh, March of 2024 <laughs> is when I think we'll be back. So 
So no, yeah, well, I have absolutely no heat with you. I mean, I I know of the story. I know people maybe weren't really happy with you at the time. I mean, that had nothing to do with me really, and I even just fell out of touch. Is how what I took you, it. Why are you apologizing to this Will Jackass? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Will, there's no heat here. No, what, what, no Will hey, Jackass? Don't give Triple H advice, or you, you know, seriously. Why are you? This is your podcast. Don't. Oh, what are you doing? brother. He ended up taking the no, advice, what though. Is what is this? War, is it you walk in the new NEP? What, what is it? NEPWA. And everybody gets gets these warm fights. Let's all work together and let's have teamwork <laughs> and friendship. Screw it. Bury this guy. He called him. Bur- Will, you're dead to Mike Crockett. <laughs> you're dead to him. No, Will, I'm glad to have to you him. as a listener. Very, very glad that uh, uh, you made contact. You. We don't need you. Will. <laughs> Will, oh my you think God. you're better than everybody else, don't you, Will? <laughs> Look at Jamie. Nobody That's... likes you, Will. Jamie, they'll never accept you. Jamie, your podcast Will. lasted about six months. Crockett's get home um, episode one seventy eight. Don't don't, don't listen. Don't listen. No, that's to him. not true. Slade and I went almost two years. Wow. Almost two years. Wait, uh, which uh, is are still... you are you ending it right now? You're talking about no, this saying, the end? We, uh, no, oh. but technically, your your broadcast partner Brian Malona still owes us a dinner at Longhorn Steakhouse. Almost he two said years. We'd, we'd never every other week with occasional Bi- breaks for bi-weekly, summer. Bi-weekly, so if so facto about eight months. <sighs> I'm telling you, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy being me, Brian Fury. <laughs> you know. So if Will uh, or anyone else from my past wants to call, uh, call the voicemail line, 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Good to hear from you, old pal. And, uh, oh, stop J- it. Jamie, come on. Will, Anybody else from his past, this could get yeah. good. Will, you're dead to us. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, some friends of ours. Uh, booking the territory, Brian Fury. It's a friend of yours, Mike, Mike Mills. Mills. Oh, yeah. We were chatting for a little for a little while. Really? Yeah. What, what do you have to say? Oh, maybe I'll go on his podcast and cover a subject that we were talking about a little bit at some point in time. Okay. So, uh, Booking the Territory, two shows a week. They do a Smoky Mountain show, and they do a show about Jim Crockett promotions on Thursdays. So, check out MikeMills.Podbean.com for the unprofessional wrestling podcast, Booking the Territory. Uh, they do more of a Southern-style podcast, but the Northern-style old school podcast it's our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast with little joe Murata and michael quinn they're talking about the best and worst finishers Ooh. brian fury give me the best finisher ever oh boy that's tough that's wow wow that's right on the spot huh yeah oh my goodness uh stunner okay jamie the worst finisher ever oh god the sharpshooter Stop it. <laughs> Why? Scott loves Bret Hart. Why you got to be that way? What about uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan's sleeper hold? That one wasn't... wasn't Hacksaw uh, Jim Duggan's sleeper hold? Did he, did he you ever watch wrestling, dude? <laughs> I thought you were talking about the three-point stance. Yeah, three-point oh, stance. three-point stance, that's right. That one was pretty bad. Didn't he use a sleeper for a while, or was that a setup for something? That was Brutus. He used a sleeper. Brutus, Marty Piper. I know Million Dollar Dream. That was DiBiase's you version. You told me that's a bad... No, it's not bad. Crockett put me on the spot. I'm trying to think bad finishers. Well, let me give you the answer. To me, anytime anybody used a reverse DDT, like the forward backwards DDT, I, I was the gator that. breaker. No, that that's not the same. That's like when you DDT. hook them almost <laughs> like a headlock, and you uh, throw yourself forward, they take a DDT bump. I've isn't that the that. current ROH World Champions finish? Maybe I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the answer for the worst finish of all time. That is, I mean, we'll bring him up again. Sergeant Slaughter's Noogie. <laughs> that is the worst finish of all time. When he was a heel, when he was doing the Iraqi thing, he'd, he'd bury his his knuckle into your temple. I loved it. That was also in the, it's in the, 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 the WrestleFest game. game. Yeah, WrestleFest game. Loved it. That, I actually remember it more from that than... 
that's in your top ten of best finishers? I wouldn't say that, but I liked it. It's a lot better than the Kona Crush. <laughs> <laughs> that's another one that's probably going to be on their uh, worst finisher list. Check out our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, ovppodcast.com for more on that great show. Also, there's greetings from Allentown with PW. Peter Wincy is right around the corner from here. He's talking about one single episode of wrestling television a week, and he's putting his own spin on the whole thing. He talks about, uh, ends up talking about baseball, the Bruins, beer, jobs, all kinds of stuff over there on Greetings from Allentown. A great show, though. A very quirky guy, but a great podcast. Greetings from Allentown. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, Troy, Sal, all the rest over there on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Check out rundownwrestling.com for all those great shows over there. Basically a show every day there, so check out rundownwrestling.com and enjoy. And guys, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, uh, someone's hitting the highways, byways, and airways. Chris and crossing this great nation of ours, plying his, her, or our trade as a professional wrestler. And I got one thing to say. This Friday night, I'll put him over. Brawler Malonis, Brian Malonis, making his pay-per-view debut after some 17-plus years in the wrestling business. It is him and his tag team partner, the Beer City Bruiser, versus Vincent Marcellia and Silas Young in a barroom brawl match. That is this Friday night, Death Before Dishonor, on pay-per-view, on Honor Club, on Fight TV, I believe, as well. All different ways to check out this pay-per-view, Death Before Dishonor. Go to ROHWrestling.com for all the information on how you can see this show this Friday night, September 27th. Check out Malonis for the first time on pay-per-view. That's a pretty cool thing, right, Jamie? That's very cool. Brian gets to be on a ROH pay-per-view. This is his first actual yeah. match on pay-per-view. Yep. Very cool. Good for him. Yeah, he was on the pre-show of the uh, MSG right, show. Right. I watched the Battle Royal from MSG. And but, uh, uh, this is good for him. It should be should be fun. Maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll come up with a big win, with a big W, and there'll be a big beer fest celebration. I would think so. In I mean, Las Vegas. their kind of match, right? A barroom brawl. One would assume so. Yeah, I mean, really, if they lose this one, you know, they're done. They're useless. <laughs> they're, as, they're as dead to me as your buddy will. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Brian Fury, do you have anything on tap for Chaotic Wrestling coming up? October 11th, Chaotic Wrestling returns. Yes. Returns to Lowell, Massachusetts. Um, Demon Ortiz makes his return to Chaotic Wrestling, uh, as well as Tasha Steeles will be there again to defend uh, Chaotic Wrestling Women's Championship. Uh, No match is officially announced yet, as we're dealing with the fallout from the final show in Woburn. Stay tuned to all of Chaotic Wrestling social media for our match announcements. The guest last week on the Wrestling Podcast about that, Christian Casanova, still the champion. He is still the champion. Uh, There was no finish in the match against Mike Verna. Chaos galore. The entire locker room cleared. Uh, A lot of craziness there to end the show at the final show in Woburn. You put some holes in the wall just because you can? Well, there was a Chaotic Wall of Fame that was made, yes, and pictures and whatnot put up, and then we put some holes in that wall. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just start the construction. I was ask you off the air, like we, how we, close is there? Were you guys we, allowed to we, do we anything big? Asked, so we had kind of asked, and then we'd also talked with bartender Bob. Hey, would you want to do something in the ring? And we we had it all set. We had a spot ready to go where he would end up giving somebody a stunner, <laughs> and it would have been awesome. You could tell he was like, oh, kind of like nervous and embarrassed and like didn't want to do it. And so there was numerous different 
Bob chants throughout the night, and it would have got like the biggest pop yeah. ever in Woburn if he had done something. But uh, yeah, he was yeah he was not for it. So we just put a lot of attention on him, anyways. Uh, so Lowell, October eleventh, right? Yes, yes, yes. And then we return to Lawrence, Massachusetts, on November the first. November first, almost I won't our be birthday. There, though, November the first. If Croc and I show up, can we do a little birthday celebration? In the I ring? won't be there, so yeah. Do so what, yeah, do whatever do what you we guys want. want. Where the hell are you going to be? I will be in Orlando, That's Florida, right. Walt Disney World, Michael. Really? I get there on Halloween, going to the not so scary Halloween party, and then spending the next nine days there, staying there from the thirty awesome. first to the eighth. Very well, excited. And will you be there for the crossover from Halloween to Christmas? For the first time ever, yes. I, I will see the I will see the Christmas decorations. So we'll be there on the thirty first for Halloween. And then by the time we leave, all the Christmas decorations will be up. We'll get to see it fully decorated for Christmas. So the two big holidays. It's going to be awesome. When you first said Orlando, I thought maybe you were taking a visit to... Because I heard on a podcast that you were a two-time guest at the Performance Center. Two-time guest train at the Performance Center. It's very rare for somebody to be down there twice. So that's not happening? I'm going to Disney. Okay. Pop in? That's very Super Bowlish of you. I'm going to Disney World. Just, just <laughs> end with that. Yes. Very excited. Yeah. Who knows? If I have time away from the parks, maybe. Lol- all of our, all of our uh, dining is reserved, so we're you know going to be eating a lot. All right. Well, uh, Lowell and Lawrence coming up for Chaotic Wrestling. ChaoticWrestling.com for tickets for those upcoming events, right? Yes. And this week's promo about nothing comes from the year 1989. All right. And it is the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, what the world is watching. Right? Yeah. Right? Sure. And uh, let's take a look at this promo i believe it's from madison square garden the msg network and it is with sean michaels and marty Jannetty, the rockers all right as they stand by with sean mooney who for this week's promo about nothing Right now, the Rockers alongside me. The last time you met the Brain Busters here at Madison Square Garden, you were on the losing end of the match. This time, this afternoon, you have a chance to rectify that decision against the Brain Busters. That's right. You know, we've been yelling and screaming for bringing this match back. And I'll tell you what, this time, we're not going to leave any doubt in anybody's mind who that better team in, in the ring is. Okay, Marty Jannetty, uh, last time the match was a street fight. Can we expect anything less in this one? Well, you can expect anything the Brain Busters wants. If they want to come out and wrestle, we're going to wrestle. But we really don't anticipate that. You want to come out brawling we're gonna brawl you know everybody's got something they do good in life with the rockers is tag team wrestling that's why they call us tag team specialists the masters of motion when you guys are good at lying steating chilling chilling that's right the uh, rockers against the brain busters uh, also the the brain busters the last time i mentioned earlier that they were it was a street fight against them you have proven to the world wrestling federation that you We'll not back down from anyone. You plan to do that this we're afternoon. We're going to do whatever it takes. Brainbusters, you want to come out and you want to fight, we're going to fight. If you want to come out and wrestle, we'll wrestle. But one thing about it, last time you did get a controversial decision, whatever it takes for us to come out on top, being good or being bad, we're going to do it. Okay, when we come back, the big boss man and the Doctor of Style Slick. Stay tuned. We're live, pal. <laughs> he just repeated that line verbatim huh, at the end there. Was that the equivalent, Brian, of like when an indie guy blows a spot in a match? So what they do is they stare at each other for a second, then go right back into the same into spot the over again rather than doing something yep. a little different. Yeah, it seems like that uh, Marty Jannetty perhaps didn't know that this was live and not a pre-tape. So, yeah, he was like, oh, uh, what do you say, uh, strutting and strolling? Or 
<laughs> I don't remember chilling, what something about chilling and, and beating and stilling and chilling and and then he uh, he he walked off set and double uh, walk off. Yeah, it's a double walk off. Both. Sean Mooney had to pull them both back in to finish the promo. They they could have probably could have ended it there, but anyway, uh, yeah. What else strikes me on that though, and if you watch any of it now, like Sean Michaels is one of those guys where if you didn't know it was the same person, you'd never guess that that's the same person. Like that Sean Michaels is the one you see now. Oh, like just somebody. Yeah, I complete. think Sean went through like three or four different like complete changes. Yeah, very much so. It almost doesn't look like the same person at all. So weird. And something here that uh, I picked up on: Sean Mooney says this afternoon. So it's an afternoon show. Uh, I'm mean, sure they worked the previous night, and you can see all over these guys' faces, Shawn Michaels and Mari Gennetti, that uh, they had a late night. <laughs> rough shape. <laughs> yeah. Definition of rough shape. <laughs> Definition of rough shape. Like, uh, Marty's hair is a little askew. Uh, Shawn is, like, coughing in the background. Yeah, you heard at the very beginning, he said uh, yelling and screaming, and then you hear his voice. It's like dying to stay alive very raspy and sounded yes. like he did a lot of yelling and screaming yes did like yelling and screaming drinking strutting and strolling uh fucking and moaning wow <laughs> he did what it all happened Oof. he did it all michael <laughs> he did it all last night wow. uh so yeah sean and marty um they got through the promo just barely but uh, apparently they thought uh, they were not live and they were indeed. Sean Mooney, the consummate professional, kept that thing together. He tried to keep it together. He tried to keep it together. But uh, that is this week's promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. Jamie J. Bukowski, good to have you here joining me and my basically new co-host, Brian Thank you guys Fury. Thanks for having me. I, I love the new WPAN. I love the new co-host. I'm happy to be back on a podcast. Thanks for having me. Why, thank you, Jamie. I appreciate that. Hopefully, we're setting you off and... and You've you've re-inspired me. Thank thank you. I think we're going to have... Uh, something new from For the Pops probably this very Friday. So, wow. Just like that, huh? Proclamation. You guys are so inspiring to me that, yes, I guarantee something special from For the Pops this Friday. Can we be on? I think that'd be a great idea. Oh, I think that'd be a great idea. All right. So, yeah. For those of you listening, tune in anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search for for the pops podcast and you'll find us and you can listen to uh mike crockett and brian fury on a very special uh little something from for the pops this friday all right excellent i like it and uh brian fury i guess we'll see you next week damn right i'll be here baby (laughs) all right till then next monday for episode 179 the wrestling podcast about nothing he is firebrand brian fury i am mike crockett big ups to mako and thanks for nothing For those of you listening, tune in. Uh, look on any place you listen to podcasts. Just look up for the po- for the po- Jesus. It's catchy. Anywhere you listen to oh, Jesus Christ. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, just listen for look up find for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, take four. You're gonna be the best bloopers ever. <laughs>